Warning, this podcast contains heavy spoilers for not just one movie, but entire franchises. We highly recommend going and watching these movies before listening to us as a companion piece that stitches all the timelines into one creepy, crime-ridden story. There will be no more spoiler warnings. We do not break character. After this, there is no turning back. You've been warned. Hit the music. You are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Welcome to It's Alive Alive Podcast. This is a true crime, paranormal, interstellar podcast covering unbelievable stories that sound like they were ripped straight from the pages of a Hollywood script. I am your host, the elf on the shelf, the writer of Rudolph, the head of the naughty night sniff, so I know where all the fun girls are, the head elf and close personal friends of the big man himself, Mr. Claus Buddy the Elf. And with me as always is my very own Scream Queen, the perfect combination of beauty and brains, the soon-to-be bride of Buddy, the India horror, the expert of guts and gore, the gorgeous, the sexy Amy Rose. Hi, Buddy. What's up, pretty lady? Not much, you. What the fuck is this? <laughs> hey, you, you little shit, move. Hey, Stop, what, what, what are you doing? This one? Fucking move, you little shit. Fucking asshole. Go fucking hide. <laughs> Before I kick you out of here. Uh, you're going on a naughtiness list. Kiss my ass. <laughs> Molten that little prick, huh? I know, yeah. Fucking hell. Don't know if he's a good influence for the kids or not. We might have to get rid of him. Nah, Let her complain to the North Pole. <laughs> and he's not the only one that we're going to be dealing with today that is uh, naughty Christmas people, yep. bad Santas and the such. Yep. We got uh, two. Today, this week, we're, we're kind of, we're, we're not going to do the horrorverse thing. We're going to do things uh, a little more festive, mm-hmm. a little more fun. They're still bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're still going to talk Awful. about bad people. Well. Uh, Willie isn't a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. There's one guy in the middle with a redeeming story, and the Absolutely. last story is a nice redeeming. They're all, there's all the the bad guys get the get what they deserve in the end of all these stories. So like people yeah, with yeah. the proper good hearts, but they're more fun stories. Mm-hmm. In other words, for one week only, nobody's going to die. <laughs> Wrong. What? I've got a murder. Oh, holy shit! Jesus <laughs> Christ, we can't get away from it. Well, with my two stories, no one dies. I'm going to cover, to start with, the crackhead uh, the crackhead Santa of South Central LA. Have you heard of this guy? Yes. So this guy, and this is the thing I love about him, right? Mm. He is your, 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 your typical crackhead. Mm-hmm. Skinny, small, kind of dirty looking. And his Santa suit is the same. Uh-huh. Dirty and raggedy looking. Uh-huh. But the thing I loved about him is he doesn't have a beard. So he replaced it with a white bandana to block his face. That's good thinking. That's resourcefulness. <laughs> so this guy, he uh, usually strikes, obviously, around Christmas. I'm sure he's just regular crackhead robber during the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Maybe he dresses up like a bunny rabbit for Easter. I don't know. <laughs> I think it'd be harder to get away dressed as a bunny rabbit <laughs> than it would be <laughs> 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 method acting. <laughs> hey, you don't know what a crackhead is fucking capable of. <laughs> super bouncing. <laughs> So, what we're going to talk about here is what we saw in... There's a little article in the paper, and we ran on the news as well. And it was about these two guys 
Mm. It was a kind of a puff piece because they had a bit of a tragic Christmas. Christmas was going bad for them yeah. to start with. Yeah. And this all starts on Christmas Eve for them. Mm-hmm. And things went bad for them when they were robbed by this Christmas crackhead that I still can't find the name of online. I was just about to ask, are you just going to call them Christmas crackhead? They're a Christmas Santa crackhead. They're, that's a, honest to God. See, this is not This is a really small story. This isn't one of these big national stories. It's a real small story, so there's not a whole pile of information. We're just going off this article about these two guys craig and dede so on christmas eve night the santa claus crackhead broke into their apartment uh waking craig but uh not waking dede who apparently was a very heavy sleeper oh the robber escaped with craig and dede's christmas presents and rent money um even though craig tried to fend him off craig did wake up and got into a fight with him Mm. apparently Craig caught him making a sandwich and when he asked him who the fuck he was he replied I'm Santa Claus where the fuck are my milk and cookies do you know what kind of sandwich he was making <laughs> not a clue okay. <laughs> anyway the main story here is poor Craig and Day Day they lost their rent money and all their Christmas mm-hmm. presents and this is Christmas Eve morning okay. now what makes it worse is these two guys I haven't had the best of luck over the years and weren't exactly rolling in funds. Mm. So they were behind on this rent money to begin with. Okay. And we're talking about South Central LA here. They weren't living in like Beverly Hills or anything like that. They they, 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 they weren't going to get credit or anything like that, you know. So okay. immediately after the police left their apartment from taking their report on the crackhead Christmas Santa Claus robber. Mm-hmm. I've said his name now in various different ways, yep. but the general gist of it is he's a crackhead, he is Santa Claus, and he robs at Christmas. Okay. <laughs> um, they were met with their landlady, okay, who was supposed to be a bit of a rough woman. Her name was Miss Pearly. Okay. Now, Miss Pearly is... Do you ever see, like... Um, these are without being racist and getting in trouble. These old kind of like, do you know, like, uh, don't be a menace to South Central uh, while drinking the juice in the hood. <laughs> yeah. This lady would have fit perfectly okay. into that story. Okay. <laughs> she was one of the, she was that kind of character. Yeah. Like, you know, real yeah. over the top. Um, she explained to the two boys that they needed to pay their rent by the end of the day. That's shit. What day is it? This is Christmas Christmas Eve. Eve. That is terrible. They were three weeks behind on their rent, which isn't that bad, to be honest. It's not enough to kick somebody out on Christmas Eve. But this was not a nice woman. Okay. And this not nice woman also had a not nice son who had been released from prison the night previous. I heard he was kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> I heard he was kind of hot. Well, you weren't his type. <laughs> <laughs> Damon was this guy na- guy's name, Damon Pearly, and apparently he had uh, developed uh, a bit of a taste for the young skinny boys. Okay. <laughs> no, young. I mean, still in really age, but but yeah, in prison. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he 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 had uh, converted while in prison, but stayed on that team when he moved out of prison he was still happy he was a happy gay man Mm -hmm. at that point Mm -hmm. uh but he was a dangerous gay man who (laughs) informed craig and dede that if they did not pay their rent in cash they would pay it in another way with him alone in a room yeah so uh they were um highly motivated to go out and get this money Mm -hmm. (laughs) luckily the two boys had gotten jobs at a strip mall is security for christmas mm-hmm. on this strip mall there was they, they it was their father and uncle that got them the job well their fathers because they were cousins 
Okay. I got them the job. They owned a barbecue and uh, barbecue chicken and rib joint named Bros Barbecue. So uh, uh, rib so good makes you want to slap your mama. <laughs> that was their slogan. I'm not being racist again. I swear. <laughs> their father's names were Willie and Elroy. Shortly after they came on duty, the power of being in charge of this strip mall security went to Day Day's head. After uh, how many hours in the job? Not long. I mean, okay. like instantly. <laughs> From what I prayed, <laughs> pretty much straight away. Okay. So the problem was, I mean, like Craig. Apparently, from what I can tell from the interviews I've seen of him, is a pretty down to earth, level-headed guy. Level-headed like. guy. Yeah. yeah, pretty serious guy. Okay. To be honest, yeah, it looks like he's never smiled a day in his <laughs> life. <laughs> but Dana, on the other hand, is very high strung, yeah. very wild, very flamboyant, and. Uh, like to play it up for the cameras when he was telling his side of the story. Okay. And whereas Craig referred to himself as a mall cop, rent a cop, and just security, they did like to call himself top flight security. Top because flight. It, it was on the, the, his uniform, on the little badge on their uniform, we called him top flight security. Okay. So he saw himself as a... Top flight security. Yeah. A bit, 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 bit more than what he actually was. Mm-hmm. Had delusions of grandeur, I think is what they say. Yeah. <laughs> um, this caused him to... He was very lucky. His boss warned him, apparently, that they weren't to let anybody hang out outside the liquor store. Okay. Day they saw three old ladies singing Christmas carols outside the liquor store and went and told, and I quote, those hoes to stop selling that scratchy ass pussy <laughs> on his corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Later on, their grandsons came about to visit nah. Sure. <laughs> they no, they weren't selling shit in that corner, but they managed to avoid them and stay hidden. I think it was their boss that actually got beaten up for that. causing them to lose their jobs in the end of the day Mm -mm. um so the reason these guys story is so connected to the christmas crackhead santa robber guy Mm. is that they came across him three times in the same day and and were robbed by him twice out of the three times so the first time was at the apartment the second time was after this chase down with these uh these hoods that were looking for him to beat him up. The Craig decided to try and calm Day Day down by uh, having a little smoking steam. Okay. <laughs> uh, so they Did were it work? before they could really get into it. They were um, stopped by uh, Day Day's dad, El- Elroy. Elroy's the dad, and yeah, Elroy. But he just wanted to join in. Yeah. So the three of them were just about to light up when they were again accosted by the grandsons. Santa's oh. cracky Christmas. And he held them at what they believed to be gunpoint and stole well, really everything in their pockets, including and Elroy was a very flashy guy. Elroy had actually won the lotto a couple of years previous uh-huh. and burned through all the money. But okay. this guy was known for wearing very flashy clothes and had a rolex on which crackhead christmas santa took um no i don't believe it was a gun i think at the end the guy said that it was actually just a bottle he was holding in a black in a paper bag pointing at him you know so the end of the bottle you wouldn't really take the risk though would you no but that's it especially in america you really going to fucking chance around with a fucking crackhead holding fucking what you believe to be a gun someone was holding a banana to me and they told me it was a gun over there i'd be like right that thing but there's an awful lot of cases of this where fellas just you know the whole shit of just the hand in the pocket pointing out a gun 
you could do that. Like, you can go into a bank and do that, and you will be done for armed robbery afterwards. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> um, anyway, the guys being fired, they didn't really have much of a chance to get that rent money. Do you know? So yeah. they were in fucking big trouble when they got home. Mm-hmm. They had also planned a Christmas Eve party for their family and friends. Like, they, they were kind of, they, they were the, they haven't had, they don't have kids of their own at the moment. So they're at this point in their family's timeline where yeah. the parents are old enough and they're old enough to have a party on Christmas Eve without having to worry about getting up Christmas morning and opening presents and shit, you know, yeah. for the kids. So they were having a bit of a wild one on Christmas Eve night at Craig and Daly's apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, they had promised that they would pay the rent by the end of the night. Damon was present at the party to make sure that that money was coming to them. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, on the strip mall as well, there was a little uh, shop called, hang on now, I'll find the name of this because it's a good Pimps fucking name. Home. It is um, where Pimps and Hoes, run by a guy by the name of Money Mike. What <laughs> did they sell in Pimps and Hoes? Just regular clothes by the sound of things. Okay. I mean, they had, they did have kind of real, like, flashy, pimpy clothes. Like, you know, you'd see in, like, fucking Huggy Bear and, and stuff, fucking but... stuff like that from fucking <laughs> Stax. Stereotypical. Stax yeah, 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 over the top. And Money yeah. Mike dressed exactly like that. Okay. So, do you remember, like, a how high? Mm, uh, yeah. The, 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 the pimps and that. Yeah. That's how Money Mike dressed. Okay. <laughs> and that is some of the clothes he dre- he sold. But he also sold regular clothes like FUBU and stuff like that, you know? Okay. So, um because Craig Adele had stopped a robbery in his shop that day, mm. he um, became kind of friendly with him and he agreed to come by to the house as well. Mm. Now, in the meantime, Craig had a crush on his Money Mike's girlfriend and Money Mike acted like a pimp in every fucking way and treated his girlfriend like shit. Mm. Now, Money Mike would also be helpful to the two guys at this party because Damon took a bit of a liking to the short, skinny, long-haired flamboyant money mike (laughs) (laughs) being just feminine enough for him and just uh manly enough for him at the same time so uh he kept him busy fucking all night plaguing him while craig made a move on what was her name i'm not 100 Mm -hmm. sure what her name was Mm -hmm. her name was donna donna was it donna it is donna so he he made a move on donna and from (laughs) what i heard I think they did end up hooking up after all this. In the meantime, oh yeah, there was another guy that was a bit of a pimp-looking guy as well, Pinky. He he was uh, their ex-employer. Apparently, they worked in his um, record store before. Okay. He was at the party as well, mm. and um, I only bring that up because he is instrumental in helping them to catch the crackhead Ooh. Santa Claus. So. While they were outside, they they did what they were doing anyway at the party as well. I forgot to mention was they turned the party into a uh, rent party, so mm-hmm. everyone was kicking in a little bit to help them out with their rent since they've been robbed. You know, everyone throwing a five yeah. ten quid into a box for them. So as I said as well, Damon had taken a bit of a shine to Money Mike, and since he saw that this box was going around and the rent money was going in, he mm. realized he didn't really need to worry about Craig and Day Day anymore. Yeah. So he kind of went a bit harder in on Mike, following Mike into the bathroom and uh, basically prison rules, you know, (laughs) Mike didn't have a a chance. He was kind of locked in the corner, but Mike saw a vice grips that the boys had been using on their toilet. I think it's a flusher. I'm not 100% sure. A vice grip. Oh, as a flusher. Yeah, yeah, like attached to the thing because it was was broken. You know, these two guys are broke. It's a bit of a rundown apartment. 
Mike grabbed the, uh, these uh, pliers or yeah. fucking vice whatever, grips. and vice grips, and he caught Damon right between the legs with him. So he backed Damon out of the apartment slowly, <laughs> and he made the way out the front door while he got down it to go get the car. And he went down to, with Craig and Dede by his side, basically trying to defuse the situation. Uh-huh. And he just left go of the vice grips just to jump into the car and get the fuck away. Okay. away. Damon chasing down the road after him, freaking out. Uh-huh. Now, in the meantime, Craig and Dede are watching all this. Craig notices somebody coming out of a window of an apartment close by. Christmas crackhead <gasps> Santa. Third time they've seen him today. I'll go get him fucking right they're yeah. gonna go get him so they chase him down and after a bit of a chase they finally find him at his little crack den they chase him all the way back up to his hideout there they beat the living piss out of him right tie him so. up in christmas lights and place him on the roof flashing for the police to find and take all their shit back home and give the police the tip of where he is so everybody got their stuff back the stuff ah. that had been sold off and Christmas crackhead Santa went to jail. So, so it was a nice end for Craig and Dede. They're they got, the real Santies in the story. Well, that's it. They got their presents back. They got their rent money back. Mm-hmm. They got extra money from their rent party. Mm-hmm. And they got to finish up on a high note. Yeah. So, like I said, a nice festive happy ending to our first story of the day. Yeah. Okay, it's honesty time. We have a confession to make. We suck at socials. No good at Insta. Can't send a tweet or an X or whatever that super villain looking motherfucker is calling it now. Stick to your space cars, Elon. But we know you want to chat. You want to be kept updated. You want to be alive alive all the goddamn time. So we're getting down from the anti-social soapbox and giving this a try. So come chat to us on Insta and Twitter at Alive Alive Pod or hit us up by email at It's Alive Alive Pod at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. This is a project. It's still a work in progress and we just want to give you more of what you like and less of what you can't stand. So give us a like, give us a follow. We'll always hit you back and we'll always try to reply to everyone. So come say hi. We don't bite. Well, at least Amy doesn't. And she keeps me well fed, so you got nothing to worry about. Now, back to the show. <laughs> okay, so are we staying in a... We're staying in a sunny area for this one. This is another because we were in California. Mm-hmm. I always thought that would be weird, a sunny Christmas. Do you know? You see the, uh, the Australians and they're, they're like going to the beach at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's the same in like California. And this one is what? Arizona? Phoenix? Ar- Phoenix, Arizona. I think of Phoenix, Arizona and I get a sunburn. Because anytime it's shown on TV, it's just desert and hot. And just the idea is of a Phoenix part of a cold? I don't know why it's in my head. So what? Part of it is cold. No? Arizona? Yeah. I haven't a notion. Anytime I've seen it on TV, it just seems to be desert. Mm, Do you know? Yeah, yeah. So today, this is our second case of a bad Santa. So uh, Santa Claus misbehaving. Yeah. But he was nice. So again, we get a bit of a positive spin on a bad story. Yeah. But do we get a bad guy in this story? We We do. do. I think I I know this story. I think we get a a fun-sized bad guy from what I remember. Fun-sized bad guy. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm not going to be saying that. (laughs) So my guys, Willie Soak <laughs> and Marcus. I'm not too sure what of Marcus's name. What a fucking unfortunate name! <laughs> I need to say you it differently. That? Willie Soak. Isn't that what the uh, Mormons call it? Don't they soak? They, they soak. soak it, and so, they, so they, they're technically not having sex because they're not pushing in and out. But they but just no, but I saw a follow on to that, and I don't know how true it is. But like the whole soaking thing, and then their friend jumps up and down on the bed. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, do they not have to wear special underwear and everything for this? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, church coat, church, church, church garments. Un- ch- I don't know what they call like it. Special underwear. Where I think it's just your, your Mickey slips out. You know, <laughs> it's just literally areas for the openings, and that's it. Like you don't see anything. When I saw them, they, they kind of looked like uh, long johns, didn't they? I have no idea. Probably. Yeah. I'd assume they'd be covering most of your body yeah. if they're super religious. I think so. Do you remember the time we stopped the, the poor fucking Mormons outside our door? Well, me and Bob did. I was upstairs. I swear head. to God. Most people sit outside their house and they see Mormons coming. They're like, oh, no, we better not answer the door when they get here. <coughs> Myself and Bob sat there. So I'm coming in the top of our state and we're like, we are not moving until they get here. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, there was two of them. And one of them was a stuck-up ratty little cunt who didn't want to have any fun at all. But the other guy was And the other crazy. guy was just full yeah, of right. laughs, like, and just wanted to have the slag. Like, we almost had him in having a beer with us at one point. But I think a lot of them <laughs> are just looking for, not just, but, like, they want an open debate, like, and you were, you were giving them back. Right, like, yeah, you know, yeah, in, in, in a good fun way, like, yeah. I think that was the time I was wrestling, too. So once that guy found out that I was a wrestler, like, he seemed up for chatting. But he said he was, I think he said he liked wrestling, but because of their beliefs, they weren't allowed to watch it. So, Go away. Allowed, so how allowed. does he know he liked that? I suppose he must have seen it at some point, but they're not allowed TV. So is that like a sin? I would assume so. Because he watched that. I, I, by their standards, I assume so. But again, that's by the standards of the people whose religion was put together by a guy who looked in a hat and read out loud what he was being told by Jesus. What? Did you not know how the Mormons start? <laughs> the Mormons are sp- specifically American fucking religion. Okay. So I, I watched the soap pack. Well, like, like, like he got his Ten Commandments out of a hat general. kind of thing. So what he claimed was that he got these guiding stones or some shit like that from the from the forest okay. close by. And that only he could read them. Uh-huh. And he'd have to put them into this hat to read them. And he, he convinced this, I think he was a lawyer or something, to uh, let him dictate to him. Uh-huh. And... He looks into the hat and he reads out what's being said to him. The new, basically, the new commandments by the God, by the Lord, like and all this shit. Okay. And your man takes him down, and uh, and all these new stories as well for a new Bible, right? Okay. And your man's taking it all down. Okay. Your man goes home to his wife. Yeah. Who is skeptical? Obviously. Intelligent woman. Yeah. And she tears up the notes and she said, "Right, if he is really the fucking prophet." Then when you go back, he will be able to repeat this word for word and you can take it down again. So he went back. He explains to, what's his name? Joseph Smith. Pure American name. (laughs) Joseph Smith. That uh, this is what happened. My wife's after destroying him. She reckons if you get... Joseph tells him that God is angered by him destroying it. And he will tell him again, but not word for word. (laughs) And this guy buys it. And And this guy is a lawyer. (laughs) And they write the fucking thing again. And that becomes the Book of Mormon. And then Mormons all believe in it. So this all stems down to a guy. And I, like the Book of Mormon is the belief that Jesus believed America was the promised land. like, And Jesus came to America. And and then when he came, comes back, he is coming to America again. So this is the Americanized religion, like Mormonism. South Park have it wrong. It's not going to be the Mormons. What, in heaven? Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm jo- whatever makes you happy. But, but this is the one. I, do you not remember it's Storm where they're like... Um, Every time, like they have like music playing as the story is playing out of Joseph Smith, mm-hmm. and every time there's like a, a, a lull in the speech, they all are then I cut to like break up the fucking parts. The interlude in the music is dum 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 dum. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 I do remember that. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, yeah, so that's where back Mormonism to not comes Mormons. From. 
<clears throat> Actually, I'm not sure what they were, but it was. Point yeah. is, at the end of the day, it is more fun to stop and talk to the Mormons than it is to, to be ignore. mean to them. <laughs> yeah. There's no need to be mean. Anyway, Willie Soak and Marcus, they were two professional heistmen and they kind of, they, they took on kind of like a Santa Claus and his elf because Marcus was quite small. Oh, so this is our, our, our first heist story mm-hmm. that we covered on It's Alive Alive. Exactly. So they kind of did that every year at like different shopping malls. So they did a mall Santa and he was the elf. The elf every year, like, and that was in order to, to kind of get to know the security system. So that on Christmas Eve, they could override the security system and then do a runner with the safe or with the contents of the safe. Oh, that's fucking smart because that's when mm-hmm. all the cash is going to be there. You're just after the busiest uh, shopping day of the year. And mm-hmm. they've spent the last maybe month or two sitting there scoping the whole place out. Yeah, it is, when, except when your Santi is kind of, he's alcoholic, he's an infomaniac, and he was starting to not being able to perform as a Santi should. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so. know if that's a reference to his nymphomania or his <laughs> no, actual job. It's his actual job. <laughs> I'm but pretty you know, sure he was fine. are all drunk fucking. No, it was getting bad. As far as I know, it was getting like, as as, as in he, he was starting so not to be able to hold it together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the year, this year anyway, they were. Basically, if you put him next to crackhead fucking Santa, there probably wouldn't be much of a difference. Oh, no, there would be. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. He was. He wasn't that bad. As no. in, like, as in, I don't think he's going to actually well, break into Christ- your own home Christmas on Christmas Eve. I think it's <laughs> just know? didn't mind because it was a, it was a, it was a place of business rather mm-hmm. than an actual home. But um, yeah, they were they were hired in Phoenix, Arizona, and literally from the minute they got there, like Willie's behavior and kind of he was very vulgar around the children. So like the mall manager Bob kept his. His eye was on them straight away, like so just like the Santa Claus we talked about a few weeks ago. And I can't remember was it on episode sixteen or was it on Real Monsters, where it was that Santa Claus who had been working in that San Francisco shopping mall for fucking like twenty or thirty years, but he started making dirty jokes toward the adults when there was no kids around and they didn't like it. Yeah, and they got him fired. Yeah, so similar but worse. Worse, <laughs> <laughs> worse. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think he's completely unlikable. Again, but anyway, but oh, he had also in the meantime met a girl called Sue. She was a bartender, but she had a Santi fetish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't understand that one. But uh, yeah, well, what about the Rise of the Guardian Santa Claus with the tattoos? Oh yeah, <laughs> I get that one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, during one of his shifts working as a Santi, he was he was visited by a little boy called Thurman. So he was kind of pretty innocent and a bit overweight and he believed he really he genuinely now he believed he was but well, he wasn't santi selfer that he was santi oh it's yeah really was. that 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 Willie was 100 percent like the real santi and he was you know he was often kind of bullied by kind of skateboarders and you know he's just a real kind of innocent naive kid you feel yeah. sorry for him so after after his shift that day, he was attacked by a guy that he had been watching him in the bar where he'd met Sue. But he was attacked in the parking lot. Willie was. Willie was. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Thurman saw him and he was like, "Oh shit, Santi's in trouble. Like, and he he needs help." So he got in between them, and the guy who was kicking the shit out of Santi kind of didn't want the kid in between them, so he ran off. So he. You know Santi. why he was getting beaten up? Was he being robbed or something? Or had he just offended one of the parents or something? 
I'm not too sure. Uh, well, I suppose with the way you're talking about him, I'm sure he pissed off he somebody. He pissed off fucking, somebody. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have thrown any kind of an insult. Like Generally, that. what happens when you're walking around being a dick all day, eventually somebody's going to smack in the face. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Willie gave Thurman a ride home after that, and he brought him to a pretty swanky house, and he was living there with, his, with just his grandmother. Like, apparently, she was a bit senile. And he told him, Thurman told him that his mother was dead and that his dad was away exploring mountains. Okay. But he wasn't actually exploring mountains. He was actually, he was in jail for embezzlement. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this kid has, right, has right. a pretty shit bike. But he still has the big nice house and all that. He's stuck with it. And, and his grandmother has sole custody of him. His she, grandmother she? has sole custody, but she's, you know. So this fella has no choice. No, yeah. Well, no, outside uh, the buckets of money, bucket loads of money that he has. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I suppose he's got some chance. Exactly. And so, now he's got Santa Claus to take care of him, I so know. he should be fine. <laughs> and it's, it's, he really believes he's Santa. And, and then Willie breaks into the house safe and he takes his father's BMW, but that's completely fine because according to Thurman, this is Santa. Yeah, and by the sounds of things, his dad was a dick, so fuck him. Yeah, but, yeah, he's still doing it to a kid, though. Oh, uh, I suppose yeah, he's even the kid, kind of. Yeah, yeah, high yeah, and dry. Yeah. That could be money for the kid. The father's in jail, like, that's you know. True. So the manager, Bob, at one stage uh, heard Willie having sex, anal sex with, uh, with a woman in, um, in the mall dressing room. And uh, he let Jin know. And How did they, he know it was anal sex? Did he see him? He no. Said heard. Oh, oh, he heard him because apparently Willie was shouting that she ain't going to shit right for me. <laughs> 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 and oh, yeah, so that's uh, a big investigation. Uh, when Willie went to his hotel room after that, he found out there was an investigation going on because he saw someone ransacking his room. So there's a prostitute standing close by and she asked her, like, you know, what's going on in the room? And she thought that it might be cops. So, hang on, the cops are on to Willie, is it? Or is that what you're saying? It was an investigation. Is it an investigation from workers? An investigation? Private investigation. Oh, so yeah. someone's looking into him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, okay. exactly. You know who? I, I, I think that the manager, he was, he was kind of a headstrong, like Joe. You know, so the he manager was looking for dirt down Willie to get rid yeah, of. Yeah, 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 exactly. Was having anal sex at work not enough to get rid of him? I'm pretty sure if I went into work tomorrow and had anal sex in the bathroom, I'd get fired. I'm pretty sure if all <laughs> that they could prove it was you shouting to in a cubicle that somebody wasn't going to shit right for. I me. am pretty sure I'd get reprimanded. You would be reprimanded, <laughs> but as in prove it. Prove I had sex. If it's not on camera. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So anyway. Oh, yeah. So she was saying it might be. It, it, you know, might have been a cop. But I don't know if he kind of really. Either way, he would have spooked him a bit. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, if your job is a fucking robber. A hmm. Bank robber or whatever. Mall robber. Yeah. As soon as anybody starts looking into you, you're instantly going to be like. Oh shit, yeah. they're on to me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it'd be like run, like just ditch I mean, the place. Even if it is a private investigator, it could be a private investigator for any of the number yeah. of other fucking shops you've ripped off over exactly. the last how many Christmases. Mm-hmm. So, do you know, you're constantly looking over your shoulder. Yeah. Like. So he went, to, he kind of clicked then that he needed to leave the, 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 the motel room. So he decided to go to Thurman's house because Thurman believed he was Santi. So, of course, there'd be a room there for him. And he knew there was no responsible parent there to fucking pay any attention to him exactly exactly okay. so willie obviously let elf marcus in on Mar- i don't think we've mentioned him since the start have we no marcus. we haven't no yeah so marcus was a psychic and marcus played the elf because marcus marcus was a dwarf right yeah 
And he had a really annoying wife as well. She had an annoying wife. Yeah, that used to kind of like tag around with him. And was she a full size wife or a full oh, size? Oh no, 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 no. She was. She was. She was not a dwarf. Okay. Watch her being all PC. <laughs> she's watching it. Or she's always, you know, she hears me saying fun size and she nearly slips up. I can like, say full size. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. Do you get offended being called full size? Yes. Deeply oh, offended. Rude. <laughs> it triggers me. <laughs> I can see it twitching in the corner. Anyway, Marcus wasn't impressed with, with that, Willie, for taking advantage of, of Thurman. No, no, saying Marcus was taking the high ground. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because he was, he told Marcus that he was disapproving um, of his serial fornicating. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it'd be the other way around, wouldn't it? Huh? If Marcus was 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 berating him, he'd be looking down on him. Yeah. So he said he was looking down on Willie. Yeah. But Willie, the tall one. That's the joke, Amy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh God. Anyway. Moving on. <coughs> uh, oh yeah, so he was given out to Willie for his uh, endless drinking and his nymphomania and all that jazz. He was getting sick of Willie shit, basically. Basically, I'd say Willie was hard to hard to do a job, open and close, well, open and again, shut. Like, you know? if you're going robbing a fucking place, you kind of need somebody you can trust to, to deliver the goods to get. The job done. Oh, like, yeah, if, exactly. if the guy is going to be stumbling fucking drunk around the place, he's a liability. And if he gets caught and he's drunk, he could start talking mm-hmm. and no, you're in fucking trouble. Like, you know, so yep. when it comes to a partnership of that style, I'd assume it has to be absolute fucking trust 100% yep. or it's over. Yep. Exactly. So Thurman actually ended up getting a wedgie from bullies and a few days later and he turned up to Santi at work. Even though he was leaving with them, he still went to Santa. And he told him that he was after getting a wedgie by, by bullies and that he, instead of wanting a purple elephant like he requested, he wanted a pink elephant. Okay. Yeah. He's just, he's pure adorable. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. my heart's breaking for him. For him. Like, I don't like even reading about it. But especially at Christmas. So, he's just a very, very innocent fucking friendly child. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, exactly. So... <coughs> Excuse me. Willie ends up like, you know, like he showed Thurman like how to defend himself against bullies and they start kind of forming a, a bit more of a bond. And okay. I think Willie starts kind of seeing himself as a tiny bit of a father figure more and more towards him in kind of like a weird kind of way. Yeah, I mean, Willie like, starts to kind of grow fond of him is what you're saying. Like, you know, so yeah, what you do, I mean, I've said that before when I was working in uh, mm. the preschool. Mm. And even when you're working in the school, you you do connect with the kids, like you know, and you do bad, and then you feel bad for them when you know they're in you know bad situations or mm. they need help with something. You want to help them, you know what I mean, unless you're a fucking sociopath or a yeah. psychopath, yeah. You know, yeah. you can't help but fucking want to help these fucking kids, like you know, do their best and do the best for them, like you know. So mm. I assume Willie was the same. I mean, he's even people who rob fucking money for a living still, you know, can and be nice people yeah exactly it's a non-violent crime so i mean Mm, yeah so i'm not condoning it i'm just saying it's a non-violent crime yeah yeah yeah, i get it so so what was these guys main plan what were they going to do it was christmas eve night i know they're going to rob the the safe that was it but like it was going to be their last time because marcus was getting sick of willie 
So and he wanted to cut ties with Willie, and Willie was getting sick of doing it, like, so he wanted to retire. And I would assume Willie living in a luxury house with plenty of amenities was not getting any better because he's drinking fucking stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easier yeah. to access for him. He, exactly. He was kind of pampered. Exactly. And, and now he had a girlfriend. Oh. Yeah, Sue. And she really liked him being Santi. So that, that was going to be a... You know, okay. as in yeah. That, so he that was, was he was this was his. It last was a score. strong this line. This was the one last big score yeah, exactly. before they finished up. Exactly, <clears throat> exactly. So they went on Christmas Eve, and the safe kind of ended up taking a bit longer to break because Marcus, you know, he was kind of getting a bit older and all that. So not Marcus Willie. So Marcus ended up getting shitty with him for that, and decided that he his best thing the best thing to do would be to kill Willie, Ooh. and fuck off then with his wife. So he was going to double cross him and take everything. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he was just getting sick of him. So the last score, he didn't need him anymore. So Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the police, obviously, they came along in the end. They caught, they caught them in the act because Willie had called ahead. So Willie ratted himself out. Right? Willie ratted himself out, but he'd given a letter to Thurman basically to, to hand to the police basically explaining what had actually happened Christmas Eve so he did get arrested and he you know, like the, he'd got the shit kicked out of him by by Marcus and the wife right. but um because Thurman gave the letter to the police he was fine and he was just you know like he recouped in hospital and he actually became he he started working with the police after that he became uh where is it sorry Oh, he he became a police sensitivity counselor. Oh. After that, uh huh. And Willie Sue, did. Willie did. Jesus, and, that's a big jump. Uh huh. And Sue got guardianship over Thurman. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. So they all lived happily. And I, I assume once did Willie do any time for his his partner? No, he was out. He just literally spent time in hospital and was out after that. Oh, that's for cooperating. For cooperating. Uh, and because he was innocent, of, obviously, he hadn't been innocent of the last few, but he was innocent of the one the night before. Mm-hmm. Good story. Interesting yeah. story. Yeah. I like bad Santa stories. I like the bad Santa story, too. <laughs> I heard there was a little update in him, all right, as well. We'd have to look into that mm-hmm. for maybe next year. Next year. year. We'll hmm. talk about Willie Soak again and what happened to him afterwards because I know there was a bit more to the story after this yeah. original story. Yeah. Well, that's fun. We can have a look into that. Yeah. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You like the podcast? Want some more? Then head on over to our Patreon page where for just five euro a month you get up to 12 extra shows in that month along with piles of mini-sodes covering fun facts from the world of horror and true crime. Each week we drop multiple shows such as Real Monsters where we look at the inspiration behind the movie killers or Behind the Mask where we take a look at the influential people and happenings in the world of Hollywood. All this plus movie reviews, watch-alongs and regular AMAs. That means ask me anything. You really do get a bang for your buck. And by bang I mean like podcast. I'm not soliciting or anything. Shit. Um, Moving on. For just five euro a month, all this could be yours. So head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash IAA pod. That's www.patreon.com forward slash IAA pod and start listening now. So Christmas is supposed to be like a happy time, festive time, time when everybody is good mm. to everyone. The goodwill to man on earth, isn't it? Or something like that. 
Yeah, I think so. But unfortunately, we know better, and Christmas is a very high time for burglary, as our last two cases have shown. Yeah, yeah. This next case is a little more interesting. I think a lot of people would have heard of this case, because it involves an eight-year-old boy named Kevin McAllister, who takes down a duo of bandits known as the Wet Bandits, who had been plaguing Chicago, Illinois, around was it around 1994 1994 sounds familiar but why were they called the wet bandits they were called the wet bandits because their trademark after robbing and ransacking the house was plugging up all the sinkholes and turning on all the taps flooding the house in the process why just because they as a calling card just so that they could be see yeah there were two guys it was um Marv, I think, was the name. Harry and Marv, I think, are their names. Let me have a look here. Yeah, Harry, Lime, and Marv Merchants. So Marv had this kind of uh, thing about wanting to be known. as He saw himself as a bit of a Robin Hood kind of like. I joined, all the best have calling cards and names. You yeah, know, you had yeah. fucking nicknames like fucking, um, what's his name, John Dillinger. What was his nickname? Did he have a nickname? I don't think so. Probably going to be number one, I suppose. Babyface Nelson, fucking... Al Capone. Scarface. I'm joking. Al Capone. He didn't like that name, though. But most of them didn't like those names. But Marv had a thing. He wanted to be known as the Wet Bandits. So, the Wet Bandits have been plaguing the the richer areas of Chicago, Illinois, coming up to Christmas. Especially coming up to Christmas. And Harry had the bright idea to check out one street in particular where he had gotten a tip that the vast majority of the people on that street will be away for christmas so they'll be going to their family respective families for christmas that's common though isn't it yeah well in this case this street would have been like five or six houses where there was going to be no families in it so harry dressed as a cop Mm. went to visit each of these houses Mm. Acting as a cop, telling them that, you know, this is a high time for burglary. We just want to make sure you have the right security systems. Basically getting each of their victims to give them their security details. To tell them what kind of security is in each house that they are about to target. Okay. So, as soon as Christmas Eve comes. I think, no, it was a few days before. Yeah, no, it was a Christmas Eve. I think it was Christmas Eve. Or it was a few days before Christmas. Let me have a I quick mean, look here. I think here. it was a few days before Christmas. Was that? It, where am I gone? I'm gone way back here. Um, it was... Yeah, it was a few days before Christmas. Not Nothing specific, I think. Yeah, because they end up home on Christmas again at the end of the story. So, yeah, it was a few days before Christmas. Okay. And they start basically tearing through the uh, neighborhood, emptying out house one after the other. Mm-hmm. They had their eyes on one house in particular. Okay. And that was the McAllister's house. Mm-hmm. This was a big house, and it was, according to Harry, loaded with junk. I mean, loaded with kids and loaded with junk. So the McAllister's, I think, had, I think, four or five of their own, and they were also taking care of two of their their nephew and niece, I think it was, because Peter McAllister's brother had gotten a job in Paris. Okay. And he moved, but he didn't want to move his kids out of school in the middle of the year. Yeah, yeah. And move them to a foreign country. So they stayed behind with the McAllisters and lived with them oh. until they finished school. Or at least until the school year was up. I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah. But um, to make a, but because Peter's brother wanted to see his kids, 
he decided, and this is a rich family, they're all very professional, you know, high professionals, they're all making yeah. good money, that they were going to fly, he was going to fly his brother, his two brothers and their families out to Paris for Christmas. Okay. So they were all in the house at once, and so there was a load of junk in the house, and Harry's eyes were lighting up at the sight of all the jewellery and all yeah, the gadgets yeah. and all Obviously. the bits and bobs in the house. Big house to host two fucking families. Yeah, I mean, yeah. can I see how many people were in the house here? I think it says it here somewhere. There was... I I think at 12 kids, I think it counted, and four four adults. Okay. Being um, Kevin, his brother Frank, his wife, and uh, not Kevin, sorry, Peter. He, uh, Peter and his wife, and Frank, his brother and his wife. Okay. Along with their um, twelve kids, two oh. being the other brother's kids. So busy house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the night before they were supposed to go to Paris is the night that Harry was scoping this place out, and the next day they were due to leave. So the house uh-huh. was fucking pandemonium with yeah. everybody getting ready to get their job getting their shit together and getting ready to go because they're leaving early the next morning mm-hmm. they were due to leave the house at 8 30 i think they said mm-hmm. over the night though there was a little bit of a storm knocking a tree onto a power line cutting the power to the house mm-hmm. temporarily yeah but it was enough to knock their alarm clocks off no this is the 90s so this this was you know kind of manual setup kind of job when it came to your alarm clock yeah. it wasn't wi-fi wasn't in existence the internet wasn't going to fix your problems before you woke up yeah so they slept in and were woken by the um the uh what do they call it? shuttle bus to the oh yeah so this is the airports no they were in a panic and when they were leaving the house, they had 45 minutes to go before the plane left. Mm-hmm. I know everybody that's listening to this know that it was born after 2001 oh, is going, you're Listen never going to do it. It's pointless. Nah. You've got to be there at least an hour beforehand yeah. or they're not going to let you through. Yeah. This is the early, ni- early mid-90s. Yeah. 9-11 uh, hasn't happened yet. You could walk in five minutes before your plane was due to leave and get on the yeah. fucking plane. <laughs> you know? so, Hold the plane. <laughs> in the panic... Um. There was a miscount. Okay. Which meant they were missing one of the kids. Now, the night beforehand, in all the chaos, there was pizzas ordered and a job to feed everybody because mm. there was just too many to cook for and there was too much going on. Mm-hmm. What well, The youngest McAllister child for Peter and what was his wife's name? Kate. Okay. Kate and Peter's youngest kid, Kevin was getting a bit agitated. Kevin's mm. eight years old. He's starting to get p- a bit pissy. People aren't paying attention to him. There's a lot of people around that going on. He doesn't really know what to do with himself yeah. because everybody else is getting ready yeah. and he's eight years old. You know, he's he's bored and he doesn't know what to do with himself. And this, again, is before the time of handing a child a tablet and telling him to fuck off and watch YouTube or play Roblox. Yeah. So when the pizzas get there, he goes down looking for his cheese pizza because like all kids that age, he's a picky little fucker for eating and he would not eat anything with toppings on it. Oh. So one was ordered for him, definitely. It always was. Mm. But his older brother, eldest brother, mm. Buzz, who was a bit of a bully to Kevin, had intentionally got that pizza and eaten it himself to piss Kevin off. Basically just to get on Kevin's yeah, nerves. Causing a bit of a scuffle in the kitchen, knocking a shitload of milk and destroying... Just destroying the place and pissing everybody fucking off. Yeah, yeah. Kevin got grounded and got sent upstairs to the attic bedroom. so he was up there on his own and he slept in just like everybody else yeah everybody else forgot kevin was up in the attic so this eight-year-old was now at home alone 
Mm. And his mother didn't realize it until she was up in the sky on her way to Paris. Can imagine how she felt. Oh, fuck. Mm. Now, in the meantime, that storm the night before that knocked the electrical wires, also knocked the phone line out. So she couldn't even get through to them. And it was going to be a few days before the phone was back up and running. Okay. So when they got to Paris, they still couldn't make contact with, with anybody. him. Yeah. Now, they got onto the police and they got them to go over and look to check. Okay. But Kevin didn't answer the door. So, according to them, there was no one home. There was no problem here, so they went away again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin's mother, in a panic, stayed at the airport trying to get on a plane if there was a cancellation, basically taking any sort of flight and paying any amount of money she could to get home. Yeah. While the rest of her family stayed put because there was no flight available indefinitely till uh, Friday, which would have been Christmas Eve morning, as far as I can remember. So her, so she had an actual fun trip as well. Well, a funny trip, not, not a fun trip. She made her way home by more, like I mean, literally, she was taking any plane she could that would get her a little bit closer to America. Okay, you know, yeah. And um, when she finally got to America, she couldn't get a plane home any closer, so she ended up in a van with a polka band. Oh, who <laughs> dropped the rest of the way home? Nice. In the meantime. Kevin is at home alone, and he's mm. taking care, he's doing all right for a fucking eight-year-old, his house was in good order, decent enough order when they came home, I mean, there was a few casualties in the house, you know, a few broken bits and pieces, yeah. but what would you expect from an eight-year-old, but he kept himself clean, he kept himself fed, he had went shopping, Yeah. he, he had, you know, he had taken care of the house, and on top of everything else, being the man of the house, he protected the house. Ooh. Because, like I said, Harry and Marv had their eye on the McAllister house as their golden nugget. The one that was going to fund them for the rest of the year. Mm. The last big job they'd have to do for that year and probably take them up to the summer, on their summer holidays. Yeah. So they had been watching that house. And when they went to get in there, they spooked Kevin, who turned on every light in the house and the TV and every other noisy thing he could find, Mm. spooking Harry and Marv into believing there was someone home and they pissed off. The next day, they came back to check up on it because, I mean, Harry was like, I saw them. They were getting ready. They were ready to leave. There is no way they're home. Yeah. Next night, they come back. There is a full party in swing. (laughs) Kevin later said what had happened, what he had done was he had used parts of mannequins. I don't know why the family had mannequins. Mm-hmm. But parts of mannequins, toys, a big cardboard cutout of Michael Jordan. Yeah. That they had life-size cutout of Michael Jordan. They had, he, put, he put him on a railway track, on a toy train. And oh. had him walking. So he looked like he was moving around the house. Huh. He had music playing out really loud. So when the two robbers got to the house, they saw a party and they were like, this is fucking crazy. They were gone. They were yeah, definitely going yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a smart little kid for an eight-year-old, <laughs> you know? Uh, next day, they come back to investigate once more. Yeah. So Marv goes to check it out. Uh-huh. Marv then claimed to Harry that when he got to the door, he could hear two guys arguing inside. And then one of them shot the other, and he even heard. He, could, he said he could feel the heat coming from the the cat flap, the do- doggy door. Yeah, and he could hear the, the the shots going off and smoke coming out of of that area. Nice. Kevin later said what he did was he played a section from a mob movie that, <laughs> that he mm. had in the VHS and put some firecrackers in a pot by the door and lit them on fire. Oh, so they went crazy, scaring the shit mm. out of it. 
Problem was that Harry, being the smarter of the two, decided to stick around and see who the murderer was so that if they got picked up for their crimes, they would have leverage with the cops and be able to get themselves out of trouble. Okay. They stuck around for a while and what they saw was Kevin McAllister walking out of the fucking house. (laughs) Realizing they were being duped, the two decided to come back later that night and they were going to take the kidnap the kid, basically hold the kid hostage while they emptied out the house and then leave him there tied up for the cops to find. Mm. Kevin, though, was not going to go down without a fight. And he put a little plan into action. A plan that would make the Jigsaw Killer blush. And we will be talking about the Jigsaw Killer at some stage as well. He is a, it's an interesting one, a mm. gory one. But he, he wasn't quite as gory, but he definitely, he was uh, an eight-year-old version of yeah. <laughs> this Jigsaw Killer. Yeah. He put... Ornaments like really fragile, you know, like, like really sharp, fragile mm, kind of fucking yeah. ornaments by the wi- by the windows. He put Hot Wheel cars and do you know, like that game where I can't remember what it's called, where you bounce the ball and you got to try and pick up as many of those little pegs as you can. Tiddlywinks? No, 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 no. Tiddlywinks is where you use one little disc to pop the other disc into oh, a bucket. Yeah. It's a oh, I forget what it's called. What's Jacks. It? That's what the American oh, call it. Yeah, so you yeah. put a load of them down on the ground by the door, front doors. Along with a bunch of Hot Wheels and shit. He um, took a hot iron kind of... I don't know what to call it. He'd taken a... It's basically like this loop mm. that, that, that gets really hot. It looked like a, um, an element. An, an element, element from yeah, a, like, like a cooker. Thingy, yeah. he, he put that on the doorknob at the back door. Okay. He covered the back door um, steps with water. It was icy. It's, yeah. it's fucking... Chicago in fucking December. Did the same to the front steps. There was other steps that he covered in tar- oh, they were the steps going up from the um the basement uh-huh. were covered in tar uh-huh. and nails sticking out of them. He also attached a blowtorch to the back door upstairs on the main floor that would activate once the front back door was opened. I'm surprised he didn't get himself killed. He mm. then took all the paint cans they had in the house and <laughs> he um, lined them up on their uh, landing, basically, mm. so that he could swing it off and it would come down the stairs, hitting whoever was coming up the stairs in the head. Oh, Christ. The two robbers basically fell for every last one of these, mm. slipping down both sets of stairs... Harry burnt his hand uh, trying to get in the basement door because that was the one with the embra, the, oh, the elements. elements on it. Yeah. Then when he finally got in, he tried to get up the stairs but ended up getting stuck in the tar, losing his shoes and socks in the process, eventually standing on a nail and oh, falling backwards no, down. No, 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 no. When he fell down the stairs, he triggered another little trap that Kevin had set yeah, up. Yeah. Which had the hot iron, clothes iron, at the top. They had like, um, do you know like the little, um, the Americans have it, like the little trap door upstairs where you can throw your, um, your, your dirty chute. laundry. A laundry yeah. chute, yeah. So he had the hot iron on the la- laundry chute up the, upstairs. So that oh, fell down and went head first into Harry's face. Mm. In the meantime, no, it was not Harry, that was Marv. Harry was trying to get in the kitchen. He got the blowtorch to the head. Okay. 
Marv went back outside and tried to go back around and went in the win- one of the windows standing on the fragile, sharp fucking mm-hmm. Christmas decorations. Boatman came running into the hallway, falling on the Hot Wheels into the jacks. Mm-hmm. And as they tried to go up the stairs, got walloped by the paint cans. Sounds right, though. So Kevin then managed to rep- is repel the right word for you repel yeah zipline basically oh. he kind of ziplined using uh, a clothes hanger on a little line that he had down to his his uh, treehouse. Oh, okay. He had called the cops beforehand, reporting a robbery in the house across the road. So he ran across there, and that was one that they had hit up already. Yeah, yeah. Um. By the time he got over there, though, the two robbers, the, the wet bandits, mm. had figured out his plan and were over there. No, they had figured out that he was over there hiding. They hadn't figured out his plan that he robbed he the guy. He robbed. called the cops. Okay, yeah. They were just about to attack him. And, oh, I forgot the most important part. Mm. So there was this rumor in the neighborhood about mm. this man that they called Old Man Marley. Yeah. Right? Mm. Old Man Marley was supposed to have murdered his family. Oh, Jesus. And he ground them up and put them into this big salt bucket. And he went around the street salting the icy roads. And Kevin and his brothers would often look out the window and see him and they would scare the shit out of yeah, him yeah. and they'd hide. Yeah. Now, in the meantime, Kevin had actually gotten talking to old man Marley and figured out he was a nice guy. Okay. And that wasn't the case. And yeah. then he had fallen out with his, his son and hadn't seen his son in a long time and was actually a sad old lonely man. Oh, Okay. Kevin encouraged him actually at the time. They met in church because mm. Kevin was a bit down and scared when he realized he had to defend the yeah. horse and he needed a bit of inspiration. He had um to- had advised old man Marley to, you know, seize the day and go talk to your son. You only live once. You don't want to live to regret that. Mm. Old man Marley saw what was going on because he lived on the same street. And he followed Kevin and the wet bandits into the house that they were hiding in. Mm. He whacked Harry and Marv with the snow shovel that was supposedly used to shake out his uh, family's dead, salted corpses. And knocked both men out, tying them up in the house, leaving with Kevin. Saving Kevin. Okay. Uh, The cops came and Mm. got the wet bandits, informing them that let alone were they in trouble for this one, but they also had them for every burglary they had ever done as their calling card had been, or could be used as evidence against them. (laughs) So the calling card came back to bite the two of them on the ass. Uh, Harry was pretty pissed about that one because that was Marv's call and Harry wasn't a big fan of the calling card Uh, anyway. Kevin said he remembers going to bed that night, Christmas Eve night, alone, and praying for his family back, begging Santa Claus to bring his family back. He didn't want any presents. He just Just wanted his mom and dad back. Yeah. Next morning, he woke up and searched the house, and there was no sign of him. Mm. Just as he had given up hope, he heard the door open, and he heard his mother call for him. She just met it back Christmas Eve morning. Oh. Minutes later, mm. the rest of his family came in, and oh, if his mom had like? been if his mom had been patient instead of spending all that money and traveling the fucking country, <laughs> the whole country trying to get back to him, yeah. she would have got the Friday morning flight with the rest of the family and gotten home in time at the same time. I would have done what she did. I would need to have kept. Oh, uh, you know, no, I agree with you. I would have been the same. I'd yeah, have I could not going. have just sitting around sleep waiting back. for nah. something would kill How you. How like. would you fucking sleep? Yeah, especially you know? not being able to get in contact, mm. not knowing what's going on. But the moral of the story is, at the end of the day. 
the McAllister family were all together on Christmas Day and everything turned out all right, except for Harry and Marv. Yeah, yeah. they spent Christmas Day locked up <laughs> where they would stay Being for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> so ending on a happy note. Yes. The one and only time the Horrorverse Network will allow you to hear a happy note of ending. Mostly it's a uh, person survived. Let's be happy about that. <laughs> this week, not so much. Yeah. So that's it for us for Christmas. Next week, we're not leaving you completely high and dry. No. We have said before, we realized there was some problems with Halloween Part 3 and 4. They are now fixed and mm-hmm. up for your listening pleasure. But on Christmas Day, we well, not on Christmas week, mm-hmm. the our next episode, there will be a little Christmas message, a little chat from us, and then there will be a Michael Myers Halloween Omnibus. We are going to give you Halloween for Christmas, because that's what you get in the horror of us. Yes. <laughs> but... That's about it. Mm-hmm. Happy Christmas. Thanks for listening to us all year long. And uh, have a lovely new year. Yep. So until next week, I'm Dr. HR Smokenstein THC. Oh, I made your rolls. I knew you got it. <laughs> Happy you, everybody. It's Alive Alive. All the guts and gore with none of the guilt. See you next week. Same Alive Alive time. Same Harvard's channel. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.